What is good, guys and gals, and welcome to the Films and Pixels podcast, episode 35. I am your host, Afif. And again, I just want to quickly say thank you for tuning in. It means a lot. Watching my videos, listening to these podcasts, it really does, it really does mean a lot to me. So thank you. So again, if you haven't done so before, just subscribe. Just again, I'll always say just, you know, you're welcome to subscribe. It means a lot. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you do subscribe, it, you know, you're important. It means a lot. So thank you. But yeah, like again, um, without getting off track, the topics, I do have some good topics. Uh, I do want to review John Wick chapter four. I saw last Sunday in theaters. Um, news about the godfather of AI himself <clears throat> quitting his job from Google and why, which I will elaborate. Plus uh, news regarding Jim Lee at DC Comics and IBM now hiring AI instead of actual humans for employment. AI just to fulfill job vacancies. That's kind of scary. And I'll talk about those and break down the whole situation, but... You know, without further ado, like, again, uh, you know, thank you, for, thank you so much just from listening from the beginning. And yeah, let's get on with uh, episode 35 from here on out. All right, so for this episode, I'd like to review uh, John Wick Chapter 4, um, you know, starring Keanu Reeves. And this movie, the fourth film of the John Wick saga... And I will be honest, I mean, I'm glad there's chapter four, but I was surprised after the first three films. I thought it would be a trilogy and that's it. But again, good to see that there's a fourth John Wick movie. First uh, first two were great. Third film was all right. Still good enough. Last I recalled from like 2019, I think, third film. So it's pretty cool and all. But yeah, anyway, um, without getting sidetracked it. I, I really thought that this movie was so thrilling. It was it was just an exciting thrill just to see this movie. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Although I admit that the whole plot itself was kind of confusing. I'm mean, just trying to recall. He's trying to like pay his debt or complete whatever challenges from the high table and whatever. There's just people from the hotel, the concierge, like the concierge hotel or not the concierge hotel. But yeah, anyway, like the high table at the hotel and um, yeah, but anyway, one of the things I want to point out too, uh, the addition of Bill Skarsgård, the main antagonist of the film. I really liked him in this role. He was fun. It was fun to see him play this antagonistic role. Of course, I didn't see uh, Stephen King's It Chapters 1 and 2. But I know I'm sure he was pretty scary in that film, so it's good to see him sort of like in this villainous persona as well. I mean, he's good at being a mean villain, but I mean, just for me, his character is just not really memorable or compelling or anything like that. So that's just that's just my opinion. Clancy, now everyone knows his name, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown is a new addition to the movie. It was cool and all, but like for me, I'm not. Maybe it's just star power. But again, I didn't think his appearance sort of pushed the movie forward or anything or really was like a major difference. So, you know, it was fine, but as it is. Now, another thing, of course, we saw Lance Riddick. This is probably his final movie now that he 
since he tragically passed away. I mean, you know, like after this movie, all of a sudden Lance Riddick passed away and really shocking and tragic. I mean, he, he was like 64 or something. So what happened to his character in this movie? Um, I didn't like how his fate was met. Let me put it this way. I, I thought it was kind of distasteful concerning what happened to the actor anyway. Passing away weeks after the movie's release. Uh, it was just kind of a shock when the news broke and really just awful timing the scene happened, you know. And I wish it was just cut ent entirely or something was changed or, you know, because I'm not even sure the prognosis is out or, or anything like how and why, but... I when watching that scene, what happened to his character, and then just seeing what happened to the actor Lance Riddick since that time, it, it's a, a very uncomfortable moment and just distasteful for me. So that that's just something I wanted to point out. But the best part is uh, really the action sequences, and it should be. I I really like how well they were all choreographed. Good editing, good timing as well. You know, especially my favorite fight sequences, I would say, was like in the Osaka Hotel in the first act. That was pretty cool. And I really like how well that fight scene in that uh, nightclub with all those people dancing and the waterfall. I thought that was like kind of a really cool dramatic effect. But like, you, you know, John Wick and that dude with the golden teeth that he has to take from him <clears throat> just to get back into the whole circle of whatever they were supposedly calling it like some kind of cult that you know whatever it is but yeah that again like i was saying earlier the whole point with this conflict is just kind of exhausting but with the table and all that but it's fine you know it's john wick and, and everyone loves keanu reeves let's admit it, the the internet loves keanu reeves so it's fine we can get away with it but, you know, if anything, I noticed, I love how, like, there wasn't a scene or a moment where there, um, one of the bounty hunters that we see throughout the film, he has a dog with him. He calls it, like, his emotional support dog. And not one moment did the dog attack John Wick. I love how that was done. Because everyone knows, like, the whole point with John Wick initially was, like, he had this puppy, and then this puppy was killed. And because that puppy was the last thing he got from his wife, he saw vengeance. He shot anyone in his way, so... And Keanu Reeves also loves dogs as well, so I think that was kind of, like, a very clever way of not, like, having Keanu Reeves attack a dog or vice versa, so I thought that was kind of smart, you know? And, you know, if he did, it would be very ironic as well. well. Speaking of irony, you know, like, even going back to the third film, now I think about it, it seems like wherever he goes, there's always some sort of bounty hunter and the price gets higher, 20 million, 25 million, 30 million, 40 million. And then people everywhere from Paris with guns and pistol, whatever, like all kinds of weapons, aiming at John Wall, trying to kill him, trying to shoot him, punch him, kick him, whatever it is. And oh man, like another ironic thing that's so funny, I keep noticing, not just in the first act, but also like even in the third act, when he tries to go up through the stairs, long stairs to the church, and I saw it also in, in that Osaka Hotel fight scene. Rolling down the stairs. Uh, rolling and rolling and rolling. I'm just like, damn, like, 
Man, I got to give props to Keanu Reeves. Like, it must be really, really painful just to keep rolling down through all those steps and sustaining injuries and still, like, making it through until the movie was finally wrapped from production. That That's kind of crazy, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, just, uh, like, those two moments in particular, it, it just came back to me because, like, rolling and rolling and just, like, whoa... Especially in that third act, you know? Yeah, that was something else. And like all kinds of quirky characters. The blind guy who can actually fight and somehow hold his own. And then there's, like I said, that big dude with the golden teeth in the front. Yeah, I'll admit some of the names I just forgot. Uh, I, if there's anyone I like, it's the... It's one of the supporting characters uh, played by Lawrence Fishburne. I love this line he said regarding a suit uh, for him to wear. It was just so funny. It's actually clever. So uh, I, I thought that was really cool. I really liked uh, Lawrence Finch Fishburne in the movie once again, even though like in a minor supporting role. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like if you're in for a good time, if you just want to see some cool action go ahead i mean i'm just glad i didn't see the second trailer i might remember the first trailer but i'm now no realizing the benefits of not watching trailers because it's not like i don't want to it's just that maybe like i see a little bit of one of the trailers and then like when i go into the theater i am generally surprised so it's nice to see because i feel like movie trailers kind of spoil the surprise a bit I mean, teasers are fine, but the whole full trailer is a different thing. But other than that, like, yeah, without going off topic, this is an excellent film. Uh, John Wick Chapter 4, I, I do recommend you going to see this movie. And wherever you are in your local movie theaters, go check it out. All right, so next topic, I do want to discuss something that I still think is really important. And um, some of you may know this uh AI creator, software engineer. His name is George Hinton. Now, recently he announced that he's resigning and quitting his job from Google. And one of the reasons is simply because of what his creation of AI has done or what is becoming in the future. And I don't blame him with ChatGBT really going viral, taking over. Like I said, ChatGBT and Bard. We already know Siri and Alexa. It wouldn't be shocking if there's more. Um, I think there's Cortana for Windows 10, obviously inspired by the Xbox video, Halo video game series. So yeah, like more and more AI programs and I don't blame him for having some fear and you know, saying he's like also feeling responsible for ChatGPT's creation. And as well, like it should be noted when he made a appearance at MIT Review, Technology Review's AI conference. Um, you know, his comments did sort of like scare or rattle audience members that included like top tech creators and AI developers as well in that event. And so like someone asked like, um, what's the worst case? Wait, hold on, sorry. Uh, worst case scenario that you think is conceivable? And then Hinton replied uh, without hesitation that I think it's quite simple conceivable that humanity is just passing just a passing phase in the evolution of intelligence i want to repeat that again 
that humanity is just a passing phase in the evolution of intelligence. What does he mean by that? Mankind itself is going through a higher intellectual level past, you know, the full capabilities of human and instead probably like AIs replacing all of us, which is kind of scary. But and yet somehow believable when you think of all those movies and TV series with AI and tech and the future and robotic cars in the sky and all that stuff so yeah don't don't blame me if you see robotic cars in the sky but it's not exactly shocking you know with like ai it's 2023 and we're talking about ai taking over our lives and possibly possibly taking over jobs which i will talk about later but it's just kind of crazy where we've come to i mean chat gpt i know some way it's helpful i think there's chat gpt and microsoft's bing search engine but oof, uh, i mean what what more can i say about what's occurring in human history i mean and the resources that are being put into making these things a reality considering how bard from google did have a very slow um un, not unworthy but very slow you know, disengine bad start in some ways. Yeah, just not the kind of start with bar that like impressed a lot of people. But um yeah, I guess George Hinton is trying to tell us something and we should listen. So already for most of you, the names like Jeff Johns and now James Gunn and Peter Safran with DC Comics. You already know, you're already well familiar. Zack Snyder, of course, amongst them, well associated with the brand. So that's pretty understandable. Another name that I think is important and really very relevant right now and just making headlines for all the good reasons is Jim Lee. So who is Jim Lee? Jim Lee himself has now officially been named president over at DC Comics. And that's according to sources speaking to the rap. Uh, he, he really more of like a comic book artist, which is pretty cool. And working with with these characters for the brand for like many decades. And it's pretty cool. Like he fell in love with comics like since the 1980s. So that's where part of his passion came from. And he has really excelled since that time. And it's funny how he was supposed to go to medical school. But uh, he got a drawing opportunity at Marvel started a career path there from where he is today and joined DC since 2000 at the beginning of of the century yeah since 2000 and he got to work on like a couple of batman stories so that was pretty cool and um you know he's a he was actually a big part of the new 52 initiative in 2011 so for those that don't know what it is the new 52 is kind of like the whole DC universe getting like a reboot, if you want to call it. like Kind of like a clean slate. Going back to the beginning sort of thing. Modernizing stories, but like kind of like a, a reset, reboot, if you want to call it. And how that happened is like a story of the Flash traveling back in time. Attempting to keep his mother alive. And so that's how the whole comic book universe was relaunched. A story of the Flash. You know, saving his mom for all the right reasons, and then everything went wrong, which 
Might be the story of the actual movie, I think. Yeah. Based on the trailers have been out. Uh, yeah, so that's part... Like I was saying, it, it the story itself inspired Andy Muschietti's movie with Ezra Miller in the film. And there's two different versions of Ezra Miller. And I don't know how that happened, but... Yeah. I mean, it's at least... It's important, like... If you know what Ultimate Marvel is, Ultimate Marvel is also like a reboot of the comic book brand sort of idea. That's also the new 52. So that's pretty cool. So what's Lee going to be doing in his, rule, in his new role? Well, he's going to be uh, responsible for overseeing DC in all forms of media from comics that are releasing weekly on Wednesdays, upcoming blockbusters. Um, yep. Also, like, probably series, TV series as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just pretty much it. Like, overseeing comic book brand and uh, media brand for DC Comics. Just overseeing all the projects. So, that's pretty cool. Um, man, sorry with all the ums, but... <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I again, like, with recent developments throughout the past few months, and then now Jim Lee being elevated as president of dc i i like where the brand is going you know and with the dcu film reboot series happening in the near future that's pretty good but because of this reboot i kind of concerned that it may affect box office results for the flash similar to what happened with shazam fury of the gods of course net reviews were negative for that movie but i think because of this whole reboot box office numbers did hurt that movie and i'm foreseeing a similar path uh, not similar path you know a similar pattern happening going to be happening with the flash so uh look for that to happen i mean i know that it's coming next month in june but um i the film part i mean that's something to look forward to later but regarding jim lee i mean that's actually good for him that's pretty great stuff and it seems like with him in charge Interesting stories. We'll be releasing more so on a weekly basis. Alright, so we're at the final topic now. Remember earlier in this episode when I said I was going to talk about companies and hiring AI and all that stuff? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I know. Exactly. Like, we're at that point now. So this is a pretty big story. IBM are going to be hiring... Uh, AI as new employers instead of humans, which is just kind of mind-boggling. I mean, this is from uh, IBM CEO Arvind Krishna said that the tech company is slowing or suspending hiring for any jobs that could be possibly done by AI. Uh, even that includes like HR and other non-customer-facing rules, uh, which uh, amount to roughly 26,000 positions. So that's Pretty insane. And he could see 30% of the jobs being replaced by AI and automation over a five-year period. Yeah, I mean, a company with 26,000 people, 30% of it being replaced by AI. So, or actually, sorry, 26,000 positions being replaced. I'll talk about the total uh, number later. But, um, which in total, like in five years, AI could be replacing like 7,800 jobs, uh, which 
is insane and it may not include rehiring any jobs that have been vacated in the coming months or, or, or recent months and not just jobs that were vacated but jobs that could be vacated later on so yeah if you're gonna give your cvs to ibm forget about it they're gonna find ai someone's ai from microsoft google meta uh maybe for an ai from sony wherever whoever man it's just insane now at least ibm does have 260,000 employees and even 10% of those jobs are like non-customer service role. Um, it's unclear if like people will lose jobs because of AI. If us humans and AI could share the same job, great. But let's be honest, I really doubt that if it means cutting costs, saving money and not worrying about paying people if AI is free and, does, and AI doesn't mean need money. I don't know. It's just like... I like I know this is just happening recently with IBM but like more and more people like the idea of like more big tech companies like opening jobs for AI and then like you know we have to go home and like have little money or like find something that's just little money I mean, we I mean we've all studied like years of our lives for a degree in a subject that we're passionate about whether it's tech or something else and then here to tell us that AI is going to take our jobs, like, what really? Ugh. Like, again, entertainment, movies and TV shows, Pre already predicting the future. We just thought, like, well, you know, this all to create funds. No, 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 no. It's gonna happen one way or another. AI might take my job anyway. AI will take your job. So, you know. Hand it over your CVs to other companies, you know, complete new app job applications. I don't know. Just fire you, complete something. Just do something, find another job, find a part-time job. I don't know. Cause you know, whether it's Bard or Alexa or Siri, I don't know, whoever, or maybe all those AIs have little AI kids, you know, those AI kids will take your jobs too when they grow old or they probably don't need to grow old. Like, Give them a few days and then those AI kids will take our job. So, yikes. So, yeah, like I was saying, AI, they're coming for us one way or another. Okay, guys and gals, um, I, want, I just want to thank all of you. For those, uh, I want to thank anyone and everyone listening to the, this episode from beginning to end. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot to me watching it on YouTube, or in any case, through Spotify, Anirami, Google Podcasts. Again, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot to me. I highly, highly appreciate it. And it means so much more to me if you subscribe as well. Leave a comment, like, share, social platforms, family, friends, whatever it may be. Just, you know, any support you give really does mean a lot to me. So I do thank you once more. It means a lot. And... Thanks for tuning in to the Films and Pixels podcast, episode 35. Good day and good night.